What up? This is Ergo. It is indeed. I'm Kiss. I am Damon. And what we do here on our podcast, <laughs> we're listening to a podcast in case you didn't know, is showcase the folks reshaping the culture of Chicago for the more equitable and creative. How you doing, Damon? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. This conversation in this day has recharged me. I did not start off well. This this early winter is not my game. So listeners, if you're having a shitty time, just keep listening. Yeah. And maybe it'll help. Yes. Who are we talking to today? We have a fantastic guest, someone who is close to our hearts, Jenna Anast, uh, who is a teaching artist, facilitator, traveler, uh, organizer, mentor. She's done a lot of film work. In the conversation, we talk about some of her time out in the Bay when she was on the Sorry to Bother You set. And yeah, it was an amazing conversation. What were some of the highlights for you? We got into some really interesting conversation around shame. Yep. We talked about her upbringing as an adopted kid and reconnecting with birth mom, but then also some of the implications of being adopted and what that meant growing up not too far from some of my favorite Italian delis <laughs> right here in the city of Chicago. And as always, how movement shapes and reshapes our lives and identity out in the world. Yeah, I mean, if you're not looking for that, you're listening to the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Nest is the director of Community for Open TV, a member of the Let Us Breathe Collective, and a gem of a human. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Jenna. Yeah! I didn't know that the name Topher existed until like the last two weeks, and now I've heard it five times on wow. different occasions. Isn't that fun what you because pay attention of, uh, to? Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah. Do you watch Watchmen? No, not at all. Who watches Watchmen? I don't. Oh, it's fucking incredible. Have you yeah. heard about what's happening no. with Watchmen? Mm-mm. Oh my God. No. So, are you familiar with the series Watchmen? Yes. Or the, like the, the graphic the comic, novel yeah. and the movie. So, it starts 30 years after the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 2019, but okay. it opens with the Black Wall Street massacre <gasps> of 1921. Shot like a movie. Oh, and then cool. it and then it and then it comes into a post Watchmen 2019 world mm-hmm. uh, where reparations ha- exist. Huh. Um, How special. as a response to racial violence. How special. And in response to that, the Klan has reframed their image in the image of Rorschach Ooh. and started attacking the state and the police. And now white supremacy and the police are at like odds and they they pushed the police of Oklahoma into wearing masks because they were under such attack from the Klan. Wow. What great imagination. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, it's made incredibly and fascinating wow. and confusing and wonderful. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, I had no gotta, idea. You gotta do it. Oh, I mean, that just sounds yeah, great. It's one of the guys of Lo- from Lost. Okay. You seem like a loster. Were you oh, a loster? no, I was not. You weren't but, a loster. No, but I, I also was not a loster. Yeah, I appreciated the whole like the concept. Hubbub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind of things do you watch? The things that I watch right now, I just finished a series called Undone. Have you hear, heard of it? No. It's about this um, young woman who is traveling through time and space to navigate finding out who killed her father her father was doing research on like space and time continuums all while navigating like her current life so it's like Mm. very much like intergenerational healing mixed with like sci-fi this is a show it's not a movie it's a show yeah a movie that was similar to this 
Oh yeah. And this is like an uh like an Amazon thing. Yeah, it was on it's on Amazon. So I just finished that last night. It was really good. I like sci-fi stuff. Mm. Yeah. I like sci-fi. You'd be into this. I have a feeling you'd be into watching it. Okay. You would definitely be into this. So another uh recommendation for everybody. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Great show. And I don't usually have hot recommendations. It's on Netflix. It's called The End of the Fucking World. The End of the Fucking World. Uh, Amazing British show it's based off like a graphic novel or some sort mm-hmm. and i'm sure i'd like that it's great it's turned I, up it's i just love up. the title period yeah. like I'm, we're here so it's, it's, it's intense is it about right. the end of the world no not at all interesting Ooh, like yeah no not at all oh i love it <laughs> yeah no it's not some oh it's the apocalypse for the last two people no not at all it has some of the tone of black mirror just rooted in realism so it's much less okay. fantasy sci-fi futuristic stuff okay less yeah mm-hmm. but the, the that hard-hitting like crashing you through a truth instead of like making it soft for you and, and then some of those like that like working class british kind of like cool soulful like a- the office <laughs> my favorite can, can show watch, forever can you watch uk version I got through three episodes. Yeah, it's, that's all I can. It's do. too bizarre. It and hurts. It, what yeah. I, I heard, <laughs> yeah. I heard in an interview that the so when Ricky Gervais was like, because he co-wrote the pilot of the American version, right? Um, and he was like, we only did however many episodes we did, so we didn't have to make the characters redemptive. Like they could just be mm. awful. Yeah, and like that's he, fine. like David Brent could just be like a terrible person, right. and that was enough. But if he's like based on the format of American television, you're gonna have to make these characters redemptive and full and human because Ooh. no one's gonna want to watch a terrible person for 24 episodes. <laughs> that's so for interesting. Five years. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that interesting though? It like is. what it does to the storytelling to have the container shift. I mean, that's all of our Disney movies now. You know, they came from Brothers Grimm, which were these. Yeah you know, stories uh, to teach children lessons that didn't have happy endings. Right. It was like, you do this thing, this thing happens, and maybe death happens. Maybe it's a revelation, destruction, what have you. And then Disney took that whole concept and made it, you know, this accessible arc of, yes, happy ending at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. And I don't really I don't really subscribe to all that. So here's a, an opinion piece in The Guardian that I read this week, okay. which was a very pretentious end. Uh, called <laughs> We Need New Fairy Stories and Folktales to Guide Us Out of Today's Dark Woods. Mm. In these perilous times, progressives must create narratives that shine a light on crises such as climate change and the plight of a refugee. So basically what the whole thing <laughs> is, it's saying like a responsibility of the quote left is to create new myth basically mm-hmm. because that's what the right is doing so effectively. Mm. Um, I would argue like just fall back on the stories that haven't been told. Like there we have a lot of useful myths but i do think it's an interesting idea and it's like damon knows my whole bag is like that myth is much more it's not more true but it is more valuable than fact like in terms of moving people in terms of shifting people and myth in the way of like narrative and storytelling and all that stuff absolutely because um people can really make it their own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and really embrace where it hits home Mm -hmm. and so and embrace on whoever you're telling it you can kind of construct it in a way that it's more personable for for each either group or person you're sharing it with and it becomes more accessible but i'm really about that i'm all about pulling the veil back and not sugarcoating things especially for our young people like and the point was to like it says like to identify risks like these stories were to get young people to identify risk. Like, sure. don't go out on the ice because there's 
a kelpie in Scottish folklore <laughs> that carries children to watery graves. That's <laughs> it's like cute. The point is, don't go out on the ice. <laughs> That's cute. I yeah. like that kind of stuff. That's kind of kind of because I feel like that also inspires children to go out and try the ice, though. Not if you make the kelpie a real nasty person. But some like don't look under the bed type shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, they're like, ooh, is the kelpie is you know Bloody Mary in the in the the mirror. Well, I think that's part of it, too. I mean, like, yeah. inspiring the journey for wh- whatever child heard that and was like, I want to go figure it out. It's like, okay, go ahead, but use caution. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Know you that can there do is a it. risk. Yeah. Know that there is a risk. Yeah. All right. We got to st- let's, let's, let's start let's the show. Formal. <laughs> <laughs> hold, let's hold the form. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hi. We could talk forever. Hopefully we won't. <laughs> Just for the it's sake of our listeners. I have an eye doctor appointment <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> well, that's, that'll be perfect for the vision test portion of the show. Okay. Oh, uh, Jenna, is, how do you pronounce, sorry, let me make sure I get it right. How do you pronounce your last name? It's Anist. Anist. Yes. Jenna Anist is here. Hey. I love dancing because it's like no one can see it, but I can feel it and hopefully it. Mm-hmm. So well, there's some body rolls happening in our listening. I have to be honest. Right I was I was delayed in my elated sounds. Explain yourself. Because I was mm. thrown off because I feel like I've been prompted by you to mispronounce your last name for years. I love or it. not correct it. You want to know something? I love how you say my last name. I kind of like it. That's what I thought it and was. And I did not think that I originated that. You didn't. I, other people have said it like that. And I don't know. It makes me feel fancy and it okay. doesn't bother me. Is have that weird? Have you ever said it? Have you ever said it that way? No. No, never once. But it doesn't. I like it. Like, it's special because when you say it, it's like, that's how you say it. And yeah. like, it's like, our, it's put, almost like a nickname, if you will. A nust. Yeah, you know? I do. I, I, I oomph it in yeah. front of people. This is not just like, oh, okay, this is like to a room I'm introducing. <laughs> I love it. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, very much like that Shakespearean quote of like, what's in a name? Mm. Even though names are, of course, important for me, I I, I, I think it's very special because okay. it just shows like our, it's just like, well, how you say my last name and I'm fine with it. I don't know. It doesn't bug me mm. at all. Cool things in ignorance are hard to sustain once you get the information. So now I'm going to be in conundrum of <laughs> sure. do, I, do I maintain I, our cool bond? Right. Well, here's another thing that I'll mispronounce it now. Well, here's another thing that, that I deal with. No, for, for real, because. So I love my hair being touched, right? Mm. I, it's something that I love. I love sharing my hair, even with strangers. I think it's a beautiful connection. I love touch. And so for a lot of my life, when people would ask to touch my hair, it was an open invitation. Mm-hmm. I was down for it. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, please touch my hair. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as mm-hmm. long as I felt a good energy yeah. and I yep. trusted mm-hmm. the energy that I felt, I was down for. I've noticed myself shifting because of how that is shaping of agency for example so if one person touched my hair the next week well this girl over here let me touch your hair why are you this kind of black woman and so i was recognizing the importance of either still allowing myself to have my hair touched and and but offer that i am not Mm -hmm. every black woman Mm -hmm. so please continue to ask and if they say no don't ever give the well this girl said that i can touch it and and That's also fact, a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And in fact, for most, it is socio-politically problematic. So like, know that like, you're on the fringe right now. Right. Even asking another black woman could be could be of issue. Mm, so that, that part too. It's almost like when a group of black friends or one black friend like gives like an, an inward pass. 
Sure. It's like, oh, you can see, you know, but like, okay, y'all got that bond. Is that like, actually right. happening? Yes. Really? Yes, it this, is. like mythical N-word pass? It oh, might not be I'm like, not asking be- I think it happens like, yeah, I think it, I think it happens a lot in like <laughs> elite suburbia. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like always casual and like conversational. I think it's like for a spectacle. Mm-hmm. of some sort it's mm-hmm. for a spectacle and, and and that i've noticed here in chicago and in illinois in california oh yeah let me tell you like I a, lived, a filipino n-word is a strong oh, strong maybe yeah i moved to california and was living there for three years or two and a half and the first time i heard a asian presenting human being call his friends the n-word I grabbed a tree. Thank God it was nice and sunny out. I grabbed a tree and held on and like it was spinning. I was like, what? You know, I approached them and was like, why are you using this word? And then they said, you know, well, that's how we call each other. That's what we're considered. Da da da. And they were actually like right outside of my apartment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Okay." I'm like, please don't do that. Like, oh, you didn't know them. No, it was was stranger. Asian stranger. I don't know why that's funny. I don't know why. It's just the sound. It's the, it's the yeah. sound. Just, that's why I repeated it. It's actually like no negative kind of Not I at like, all. I like felt myself pull yeah. back. But there was That's nothing. why I repeated it because yeah. I don't know why. There's nothing wrong. With nothing wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey, exactly. There we go. Uh, there we go. But yeah, they, it was right outside. It was a stranger. I felt like I had to. I was so compelled. Like I said, the... It was like my whole world was spinning because I had never seen they, anyone do that. And they were articulating that they identified or felt connected to blackness Correct. or that they felt blackened or that they were just like the being first casual. Part. Okay. Yeah, the first part. Connected to blackness, um, had a pass, no big deal. And I'm so for that. that's that's pretty much my mm, my parameter. You have to be connected connected to blackness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not so clean cut, right? Because you can be, you could be at like 15 and then at 25, like the agency to make that choice, like for them to say, yes, we're connected to this, but then they still have the agency to say, I'm not. Connected, like, Mm. or I guess I would say maybe connect is not the right, identify, right? Like, yeah, so they didn't identify. They just felt like they were. No, no, yeah, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying connected as if I'm a fan of or I. (laughs) I No, like I. You don't follow blackness on Twitter. In my sense (laughs) of social identity or my historic, right? Like you can look at Filipino history as like being blackened by white supremacy. You can also have intersection with Hmm. Afro indigeneity in the Asiatic islands. This is interesting. This is different than what I assumed your thoughts would be on this. Yeah, like, you know, that's why I like the difference between. Puerto Rican and other Latinx Afro-Caribbean mm-hmm. identity. Like if you have a rooted historical connection to the niggering of a people, mm-hmm. then I think you have access and agency with hmm. the use of that word. Yeah. Because then you have something to reclaim for yourself. Yes. It definitely did not it's change how I felt. And <laughs> and that's why I had to have the conversation because I didn't want to sit with that yeah. because I didn't want to just assume, right? Yeah. And be like, you're not black because I think that that's a big problem too, right? right? Mm-hmm. Is, right, right. is Anyway. Right. Um, but are so, you black instead? <laughs> right. That you're not black. Are you black? Right. Or just like what, what and, and primarily sharing yeah. how it made me feel. Right. That yeah. was really the goal because. Right. It's not about ahead. you broke the rule. It's right. like, hey, that hurt. I just wanted to let you know that it made me fall out to hear someone who didn't look black moving from Chicago, been here for a week. So if you want to keep doing that, okay. If you see me, please try not to do it because it makes me uncomfortable. I love that. That's just Great like boundary. yeah, the boundary setting that, and mm-hmm. that's 
it makes me think back to like when I Thank you. was like a camp counselor or like had like a group of young people. And I wouldn't say my, my, what I learned was that you can't say you can't do this. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> what I would say is we don't do that here. Mm. Yeah, I can't police and control, but like in this space that right. we're sharing, that's not what we do here. Absolutely. You know, and that makes sense. Like you think about it with all like the idea of setting guidelines together. Mm -hmm. And then when someone's in violation of that, then you have a leg to stand on as opposed to like you broke this rule that we didn't agree on. Oh, I love that you bring that up because I think that that's a really important distinction when creating community agreements or when holding space with community. It's reemphasizing the fact that it's just not happening here. Yeah. It's not about holding space for folks to uphold agreements in the entire world and planet, but it's more so right now in this space, what are we doing? Because agreements are ever-changing. Dynamics are ever-changing. And so if we're just looking at these things as like a set in stone, then we're I feel like I'm doing the opposite of what I want to be doing, which is leaving room for growth and discovery. Yeah. So if you're in this room, we made these agreements right now in this present moment. If I see you next week, that doesn't mean that those things are still there, especially if we're not even in the room in which yeah. the agreements were made. Mm-hmm. So because, let, let's pull back yeah. for one second because I think we're yeah. jumping into what you have done and do very well, which is this like intentional space making and understanding the implications of how that work is done. Mm. I have the feeling that we're going to use a few words a lot in this conversation. So I want to get some like shared definitions or like not even shared how you think about these words. Okay. I love um, that. So that when you we say to share them, no, 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 uh, these are yours these, today. These are your definitions <laughs> uh, in this space. On the, uh, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's start. Let's start with community. You've okay. had like, I'm sure many a job where community was part of the description, many a role. <laughs> yes. For the purposes of making a space, mm-hmm. what does that word look like in action? Community in action are things, people, energies in a particular place for the same goal and or reason of being in space. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Let's 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 do this. Let's yeah. can, can, can we train this? Can we Yeah, can let's we... train it. Choo choo. Hop, hop on right. in there. So it's rooted in a commitment and interchange between people to uh, an expectation of interwoven protection. Mm. Mm. So you know me, I like to get in my etymology bag. Yeah, so no, just, no. just for the people. We need an etymology sound effect. We need an etymo- etymology bell. Etymology, see what I'm trying to say. So in the word, anytime you see co, C-O, C-O-M, it means with or together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get uni, which is one. So community mm-hmm. to me is to be one with or one together. So then I put that into creating unity amongst difference mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so like yeah. in a neighborhood we all are different people different things but mm-hmm. we have we live right here that is one thing that we are singular about yes. right like in a political community right we all have different behaviors but we have the the set of principles or values or activities that make us mm-hmm. one and so it's a, it's a it's a reconciling of difference mm-hmm. yes and so I, just without to, erasing difference right never erasing difference in like Um, Coming together for the same kind of goal for me is really just breathing, like Mm -hmm. just actually Mm -hmm. being a human being or Mm -hmm. however you identify if it's not human. Um, (laughs) It's breath, right? Do you identify as human? 
Yeah, I do. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no. Thanks for asking. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I have... <laughs> Just gloss over that. Do you? Misspecying mis- out here. <laughs> I do identify as <laughs> That's one I feel pretty, pretty confident in. Nice. How about you? Because human identity. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel human. All right. Feel human. Yeah. Are we going to keep playing this game? Yeah, let's, like this let's game. go. You got like some more? Two more. Engage, two more. Engagement. Ah. Ooh. I'm just thinking of what are all the job description words for things that I sure. see you around. I love this. <laughs> Engagement is meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice. Working to move another person from passive to active. Mm. I haven't thought previously on this one. Finally. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got me. <laughs> uh, I like both of your definitions. I want to add something. Gauge, I hear like evaluate, right? Like so to like mm. bring folks into some type of process, metrics, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, to to gauge in mm-hmm. is, is what I'm hearing. So, what else do you get defined as all the time? Space maker, spaces. Yeah, let's do. That's that's too much. Uh, <laughs> organizer. Mm, this is a good one, organizer, because simply speaking, it's taking all the things mm-hmm. and presenting them in a way that's accessible mm-hmm. for everyone. That's in community. So I think I'll just leave it as that. Cool. I don't have one for this. <sighs> I, I have to, right? <laughs> um, so basic level, I think it's, it's coordinating and connecting collective activity and processes um, and like to make into a body, right? So whether that's a group, whether that's a, mm-hmm. a template of activities you have to do. Mm. Um, something I really struggle with, though, with the the word organized because I always like go to the word itself is the fact that something that is organized and something that is organic are often seemed as opposite when they are really mm. expressions of mm-hmm. the same language mm. and so then it like challenged me of like what does it mean because it means to like create an organ right? To, right to create a body but organic is usually the opposite of something that we think of as organized but organic things are super well organized a system within a body or mm. how Plants go through photosynthesis or the mm-hmm. sun rotate. Like these, this is like good organizing. <laughs> <laughs> I love organizing. I love organization. And <laughs> it's funny because, I mean, as an artist, it's like these two dichotomies of self of like the free and the open and the no rules mixed with putting things in, in a way that can be accessible it's it's fun it's fun being yeah. in my brain this conversation is embodying that we are being free we're breaking the rules but we're hoping people can access it yes speaking of breaking the rules we didn't oh, do we our, didn't open our, we didn't wow. we didn't open because we just been flowing because we've been flowing we've been flowing in a totally different way because that's what jenna brings i've edited it out but we spent like 20 minutes on buster rhymes <laughs> that was we did just that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that's good. Now that we've defined some things, play mm-hmm. some things, we have a tradition of how we like to start. Cool. Two-part question. Okay. In this time, and define time how you like. Okay. How is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> is that your answer or your response to the question? <laughs> Both. <laughs> um, how's the world treating me? Wonderfully. I feel very aligned with the universe as it stands and I feel just really blessed and just full of accepting myself in all moments, um, even the moments that are difficult, I just feel very aligned. Mm. And so I don't know. I feel good. 
how do I treat the world with the same? It, it's Reciprocity. synergy. Reciprocity. You know, like, <laughs> I think it's like, the, it's like that you, you can't have one without the other. So because I love the world and give the world all of my greatness and all my gifts and all my joy and all of my present whatever Jenna is at the moment, I, I get that back. Mm. And so it's it's one and the same. So what what, what we're noticing here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and this has not happened in a very long time, Dim and I are like a little thrown in a good way. The rhythm of this show has just completely changed today. And I think that is something that you do. That's how you get down. <laughs> That's how I get down. <laughs> What's that all about? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I don't know, man. When, when did you realize that you changed the energy of a place? <laughs> um, so growing up, the changing of energy of place wasn't celebrated. Mm. Um, going to school and uh, public school energies were very much like, that equals disruption. Mm. So Jenna in another lifetime was in detention every day, suspended from school. Definitely that problem kid. Mm. And so was just just was this mischief or just activity? Literally just challenging, just shift shifting energy. Okay. Just deciding that in whatever moment was happening, I wanted to shift it, whether that be like calling a teacher in. Of something that they said. Um, and I went to a Catholic all-girls school. So there was a lot of calling in uh, okay, okay. because um, a lot of my my personal views on all the things do not uh, align with uh, Catholicism. And you were calling in? It wasn't a call out? You had, like, I thought I was calling call in. in. I really did. I'm not going to lie. I wow. mean, I thought that I did in, in my best way. Of course, in the last 15 years, my call-ins have... I've gotten structure to what that looks like, but mm. I don't ever remember having malice intentions mm. ba- uh, aligned with questioning authority, questioning prayer, questioning anything. So I think that that's the best way I could describe it. It's yeah. like no malice. How do you feel? I want to continue like, like with, the, with, the, the with the, um, <laughs> I want to continue with the uh, energy shifting, but how do you feel you had those values established, right? Because oftentimes yeah. that's a, a familiar trope of like, oh, I went to private school, Catholic school, mm-hmm. any school. Right. And it was whacking these type of ways. Sure. And like in leaving that place, I now can, with retrospect, like challenge these values or like unwork them in myself. But sure. you, you're saying like coming into the high school space, you had this sense of, of self and value or position into the world that you were actively aware of. Oh, I was saying that. I didn't realize it until leaving oh, okay. that space okay. because it was so much structure around like these are bad things to have. And so it took me until, yeah, maybe around like when I started college, like okay. I went to school specifically for performing arts. Mm-hmm. That was that was what I got my uh, degree in, a BFA in performing arts. And so doing all that work, right, to really dive into sense of self mm. outside of being a, a child. Yeah. Um, growing up, um, also my father, he saw me. And mm. so in the in the most beautiful way possible, introduced me to lots of films, very avant-garde, out there media um, and movies. And so we would sit and dissect them. So we would often, and he's also a Greek man, so... I see him as Zeus. Like he's just like always like philosophizing. Is that a word? Yeah. And just like having me dissect things. And so I just mm. remember conversations with my father from like age like six or seven, like diving deep into these topics. Right. So I had that stability at home to counteract 
um, what I was feeling at school. So even though like I didn't really know it until I became an adult, I still kind of knew it. He really um, inspired that mm. to continue to have me think critically about my feeling how, of how I was processing the world. Here's a very shout out to pops. Here's a very personal George. Question. <laughs> what was his religion game like? Atheist. He's an atheist. Hundred percent. I'm always interested by people who go to Catholic school who are not Catholics. Right. Which I know is like a very common thing here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, well, my mom is. Is Catholic. That's right. So I uh, went through like the whole communion and confirmation, but father's atheist. That's how he identifies. Mm-hmm. I see him as more agnostic if I'm being critical um, because he is so spiritual, um, but he identifies as atheist. So I'll give him that, Georgie. We're not going to parse those hairs. Right. right. I'm like, look. You've spoken beautifully and powerfully over the time I've known you about not only just your specific family journey, but family mm-hmm. overall. I'm just interested in going deeper and like go your conceptions deeper. of family and the narrative. I love that. Before we were on mic, though, mm-hmm. I heard you say your mom was Jewish, I thought. Yes. Yeah, so, so my she mom, was a Jewish Catholic? Jewish my mom's Jew- <laughs> Right. So my grandfather, Jewish man, mm-hmm. married an Italian woman. So my mom took my grandmother's religion, Mm -hmm. which is Catholic. But I remember being a kid and playing dreidel with my grandfather. Like, I was that grandkid that was like, I know that everyone in this Catholic game, but like, I want (laughs) to... Check you out, too. Yeah, I'm going to check you out, too. And so... what's going on over here. Right. And so we played and, you know, he... Me and him had our own very special relationship. Um, So obviously, mom... Jewish, Italian, dad, Greek immigrant. I was adopted. So um, their nationalities are not the person that you stand, that you see sitting here before Mm -hmm. you. Um, So I actually just found my birth mom um, a year and a half ago. Yeah, Yeah, I just found her. The idea of nature versus nurture, this is something I've always been so interested in. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many things that I see in both of my my parents who adopted me. There are so many things that I see in my mother who birthed me. And we only hung out once. She's in Arizona. (laughs) But I had um, lunch with my auntie. And I remember I looked down and I saw her hand and I was like, holy shit, we have the same hands. And like, I just like held her hand for what seemed like, who knows, right? It could have been hours, but it was for the first time in my life that I had like seen someone with my hands mm-hmm. and it really blew me. Yeah. Like that kind of connectedness mm-hmm. with with someone who I hadn't met before, right? Yeah. So I'll, I want to get right back mm-hmm. to this like rediscovery or, you know, mm-hmm. um, these last two years. But I want to go back to childhood. Sure. In that gumbo I, I, I always use gumbo <laughs> in, 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 are you that, hungry <laughs> in that gumbo that of, of perspective of agnosticism atheism judaism christianity yeah. happening but also you know adoption being physically present sure. and, and visible for you because so much so, of our, so yeah, visible so much of our conception of, of god <laughs> And divinity is like biologically determined, right? Like sure. God made you and made your parents and you came from your mommy's right. tummy and because God put them there. Huh. Right. Um, and so you having exposure to wh- mm-hmm. however your father framed his his sense of atheism. Yes. Um, and then this 
hybrid of Judeo-Catholicism. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was your God game mm. or understanding of existence? Oh, I love that. This is the first That's time so in deep. 200 episodes that you've asked that question. That's so great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love that. so happy. Um, so I'm, I'll start by saying that I'm going to Africa. I challenge ch- that. I think that's not true. <laughs> the phrase God game? I think, I I, I think I've borrowed your God oh, game okay. before. What does but. God feel like? <laughs> oh, sorry. I had to do it. Yeah. Um, I'll start to say that I am going to Africa for two months starting in December. Where? And I'm going to South Africa. I might be in South Africa in January. Oh, my God. Can we link up? We can link. I'll just be here. Yeah, you will be. <laughs> I'll be there for two months. We can link. Okay. All right. So you're going. This is exciting. Oh, I'm done. I'm right, gone. So <laughs> um, part of my journey there is doing that. This, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, is finding that for myself because I'm going during this time that's like, you know, that's family. It's religion. Mm-hmm. It's I'm like, it's time for me to really sit with myself and really figure out what that is. When I was a kid, I would have lots of dreams. I still have a ton of dreams. Mm-hmm. It's like I would get all these premonitions, period. And so God, to me, growing up, was my dream state. That's mm-hmm. when I got mm-hmm. truth and when I had answers and where I felt seen. I would even have dreams that, like, I would get messages often from from my birth mom. I didn't know it was her. I didn't see what she looked like. But she would come to me in my dreams and, like, talk to me about or, like, assure me, right? Um, I would have dreams about situations that I needed to navigate in school. Again, I, also, I was raised in an all-white community, right? So, Where was this? In Elmwood Park. Okay. So it's right across the street from Chicago, Western, all the way on the west yeah, side, yeah. 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 And so it was all white folks. So A lot of Italians, right? A lot of Italians and a lot of Italians. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> it's like the mob community, yeah, right? Yeah, I once, I, I, when I first moved to Chicago, I would go get my hair cut out there because oh, I met cool. this really cool, like, there's this older guy named Vito who was like in his 70s and it was like the mm-hmm. perfect little one chair barbershop. Oh, yeah. And they were $12. And at some point, I had to be like, I love this experience. This man is fantastic. Yes. He gives terrible haircuts. Damn, damn, I had Vito. to make a different decision. I had like eight Uncle Vito's, by the way. <laughs> Might have been him. <laughs> How far north or south is Elmwood? Um, right. Harlem and Belmont. So okay. Like it's Belmont to Diversity. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's right there. Yeah, I never right. go over there. Yeah, you don't have to. There is there are some, some <laughs> good little Italian Jude's. groceries over there oh, as well. Caputo's. Um, right across the street. Here's a, a fun Chicago tip. Let's hear it. Colatech Bakery, which is a Polish bakery, has some of the best smoked chicken sausage I've ever had in my life. Really? Get their cabanos. Awesome. It's fantastic. I'm going to try it out. Yeah, yeah, it's also Polish too. Yeah. So growing up in that community... Uh, there was a lot, right? I mean, I'm not going to get into like my experience as a kid, but also Italian, also cops because it's yeah, right next to Chicago, uh-huh. literally. So, but still has like the illusion of a suburb. So it was like a hot commodity for police officers. Hmm. So my entire childhood, I mean, of course there was so much joy, but I mean, I was teased, bullied constantly, called the N-word by everyone, often told I would totally like be your boyfriend, but you're black. And so, um, Mm. and not invited to like parties. So like blatant racism, like Mm -hmm. my whole life. And so in my dreams, I would get like affirmations and confirmations and like a lot of really good feelings. That was God for me. Like, And and you woke up processing it as as such? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I I was covered, right? Hmm. I felt like I I was covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of on the like socio-emotional end. What about on the like ideas end? Were there any spaces where you were learning the like context for why 
there was this harm mm. being done to you? No, a lot of it was a lot of, I, again, I think that's why I didn't understand like how I shift energies until like after, mm-hmm. after, uh, until I was 18, went to school, college, um, because I didn't, it was a yeah. lot of shame. It was a lot of like, oh, Jenna just can't get it together. Mm. It was a lot of misalignment. Yeah. I, I don't recall like ever feeling like, ah, I see all these systems, right? Yeah. I felt them. Hmm. I felt them so deep. And I knew it was injustice. Like I knew. Yeah. But I didn't have any language or understanding. Again, everyone around me were benefiting from those systems. Right. and. There was no open communication about that. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I, I want to talk <laughs> about these last five years or so, because mm-hmm. I would say my observation, as I've seen you, you know, through performance, through, you know, willing to show up through community and relationship mm-hmm. holding, be in these liberatory spaces, be in these spaces that at least have political undertones, if not are overtly mm-hmm. political around anti-racism, blackness, yeah. black liberation. And in this five year saga yeah. i've also seen you connect back and and talk about your adoption mm-hmm. much more publicly and talk yes. about identity and talk about reclaiming and understanding mm-hmm. family in extensive ways yes. and finding out that monty booker oh, i don't know can i say that out loud? yeah okay. i don't care <laughs> okay finding out that your cousins with monty booker like that's my first cousin <laughs> that's hilarious isn't that wild that's pretty good i know along. we haven't yeah. met yet but monty hey we got to try to make that there connection. There are no, I have no cousins who can make beats as well as him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, always connected to their music mm-hmm. to the point where I was telling Damon a story, yeah, a little cool. sidebar. Like I said, a year and a half ago, I met my mom. And then like my, my awesome auntie was like, okay, well, I'm in Chicago, even though your mom's in Arizona. So I'm going to invite you to all the things and like be your Instagram friend and like show you uh, all the love. And she's amazing. And so shout out to auntie. Auntie, so I'm at Afropunk Brooklyn last year, and I'm on my Instagram, and I put Smino. I was recording Smino, and I was like, "Shout out to the cuz." Mm-hmm. And your auntie's like, "Oh, you know your cousins with Ma- with Monty? How did you? Did you? Oh, good. I'm glad you guys. I'm so like, funny. what? That's She's so like, funny. oh yeah, Monty Booker's your your cousin. I know. Okay. Obviously, Smino's not, but obviously they they're best friends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, no, I had no idea, but forever i felt so deeply connected to Mm. monty's music like in in a way of indescribable feeling that's really funny and so i i mean i could go off and i know i'm derailing a little bit but just thinking about the interconnectedness when you hear people's music and family oh my god so that had me gone but you know i haven't met him yet but i I thought it was cool we got to make that happen yeah ergo ergo listeners oh my god that would be an ergo (laughs) y'all be doing oprah work we should should send this segment i think in our the next iteration of what we do there's some like like oprah adjacent connection that we're interested in. seriously though i'm so dumb for that because my whole life the story of adoption again i couldn't hide it right Mm -hmm. so people were always like i mean i'm black Yeah, I'm black, yeah, and yeah. I, <laughs> something's got to give. <laughs> something's got to give. There was no hiding that, and I was never ashamed of my blackness. Um, I felt shame existing in the systems, but I never wanted to change. Mm-hmm. People would always be like, "Oh, girl, 
Oprah's looking for 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 someone like you. Like it was just the constant Oprah Montel, like everyone's solutions. <laughs> yeah, the nineties were, were that's you fraught with that. Right in that yeah. era, <laughs> that's what it was happening. Literally, born in eighty eight. Every every other week, like, someone would be like, "Yo, talk show bookers were looking for." Literally, you. like me, I'm like, and it's that's so funny because so I mean, yeah. I love the spotlight. I'm yeah, a performing yeah, yeah, yeah. artist. Never in my life was I like, yeah, let me go ahead and. uh Talk, mm-hmm. uh, give the world this like I didn't want that and so my observation to, yeah. was that there was a, an interplay between this external work and this internal journey mm-hmm. all puns intended is that <laughs> is that accurate and if mm-hmm. so how how did they interplay sure well I'll share you a story um, my whole idea was then if I if I kept working but with the systems and by the systems if I like kind of like conquered my blackness by getting the full scholarship by getting the 4.0 mm-hmm. by being the best perf- actor and like yeah. that I would be okay. And so well, like I, you're not was, like you're a great thing. Correct. So and I think that me. I think a lot of people do this like, yes, I'm black and I got a full ride to school. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I get good grades. Like the system it's, won't it, fuck me yeah, up. It's, will it's, they? it's a burden or an obstacle to like, get past that's right right. as opposed to just embracing it and like yeah if i if i get to this thing i'll be okay Mm -hmm. i'll survive Mm -hmm. so it's my last day of undergrad and i went out that evening it was a friend's birthday i'm sorry the next day was my last day of undergrad right i walk outside of the club i leave by myself because all my friends were staying and i'm like i got class in the morning it's my last class of college there's this white woman standing there and she goes you fat n-word B word and just punches me straight in the face, just like clock me. And I like was like, whoa. And I look back and I was like, I've never seen this person. I'm so confused. Right. She does it again. And so I got up and I was like, what? So that she doubled down, she doubled down and then she tripled. So then we we got into a fight. Mm. I've never seen this person in my life. Okay, I get arrested. Right. Put in the back of a cop car. I, I'm looking out the cop of, of the of the of the car and I see people around her. They gave her an ice pack. Mm. Right. So she started the fight with me. She was given an ice pack. I'm in the back of the car and I'm like, fuck, it's my last day of school. Wow. Like, damn. And so for a year and a half, I was going to court back and forth. They were telling me I was going to get minimum six months, maximum like five years for a misdemeanor battery. And I'm just like in this deep state of depression yeah. of like, Where'd oh you go to school? man, UIC. So this, this is here in Chicago? Oh, yeah. What bar was this? What neighborhood? What, 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 um, it was actually Y Bar, yeah. um, right next to Ed DeBevick. And you went back to see Busta Rhymes all these years later? Isn't that so funny? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> we just so came full circle. We just came full oh, circle. You so did go funny. to US. Wow, yeah. that happened in the city. It happened in the city. Damn, that sounded like some rural... Right, no, folk. yeah. I went to school right here in the city. And so... For that year and a half, I was so depressed. And then... I can't believe you went. Yeah. (laughs) I went back. And you want to know something? It was a big deal for me to go back. Yeah, yeah. But because Busta was there, I'm like, I'm going back. Busta got you through. Busta got me through. But also, mind you... This was 10 years. So I've had 10 yeah, years yeah, to yeah, heal, yeah. right? Not to say that healing has to be any kind of time, right, but right. it's taken me that long to yeah. get back into the club. You yeah, feel yeah, me? Yeah. Only if Bust is there. <laughs> like, I'm not going for, yeah. for no, no time doesn't reason. heal all wounds. Yeah. Busta. Busta does. Can we tattoo that somewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. Including, did you ever see the video of him falling off the stage while performing? No. 
I don't want to make him the butt of the joke here, but he did fall off the stage while performing. It was yeah. really brutal to watch. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm sure so you're going brutal. back and forth. They're, they're so I'm going back to court, you know, they're threatening da da da, all this. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter movement pops off. Let Us Breathe Collective starts. Damon's sister, Christiana, we had a couple of meetings where I was telling her how I was feeling about this and like just like my heart just like opening up of finally having communication with people who were like, Jenna, it's the system. Mm. It's not you. For the first time in my life, Hmm. I was like, oh, wow, I'm sharing space with all these beautiful black people. I was working with BYP 100. Let Us Breathe was was starting up. For the first time, I was around other black people that, that were saying, like, Jenna, you're not the only one that's been arrested for this bullshit. Like, right. you're not the only one who who's done all the things and still this happened. And so for the first time, I felt that kind of community and it just opened my heart and my head. And I was just like in Ferguson doing the work and just like on the ground level. And that's where we met. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that's where I was when you met me was wow. that was that journey. In the, in the middle of. That's right. Wow. That think, understanding. Do you think that that particular like realization was common for other you know kind of like the byp crew or the people starting to get engaged in that moment of this like i've done everything quote right and i still am impacted either directly or indirectly i think there were a lot of people in byp 100 who are already doing that work Mm -hmm. and there was already space for those conversations to happen however i was meeting a lot of black people who were like yes, Jenna. Like I, I'm here with you. Like yeah. it was an awakening for yeah, yeah. for people, everyone. Like, a real like show of like you can't achieve your way through yeah. this. No, yeah. there's no pick up by the bootstrap. I it, think that's what it what it attracted and recruited. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think it was formed and shaped by folks who had some seeds or had some experience yeah. or or had at least a language and analysis. Mm-hmm. But and the people, once it was yeah. formed, who entered the I think the most is connected to some of that trajectory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that that was me. I'm a Black Lives Matter, like, born. Again. Born again. (laughs) (gasps) We found it. (laughs) We fucking found it. That's funny. (laughs) That's what I, when you come and see me in Africa, you're going to see me like, you're going to see me elevating like Black Lives Matter, born again, just like (laughs) floating in the sea. Oh my god, that That's is so great. funny. That's great. So, <sighs> so, so there's this systemic understanding, right? And like, you know, I think that even resonates with me and some of my personal arrest and seeing like, ah, this shit is whack. And like, objectively. yeah, objectively, this is just as whack as it gets. So whack. I'm like, <laughs> there's nothing whack. Bitch hit me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a that's a wild story. Right. I want to get into the 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 meeting with mom. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. the okay. timing, the what was serendipitous sure. about that? Oh so yeah. We, so we have this. Oh, you're going to get some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we have this court case that like is this physical, visible provocation, and then movement happens where you're able to activate, yeah. be reborn, yes. rise from the ashes, yes. become so journeyful, yes. uh, or become more journeyful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think the or ultimate. What? I call it, that's how I introduce her. Her her name is Journeys with Jenna. And so I introduce her as the journeyful (laughs) Jenna Anast, but it's Anast this whole time. (laughs) I love it. Or play goes both ways, you know. I go both ways. I go all the ways. And speaking of that, this is how this story enters. You're on a journey. I'm on a journey. And so, okay, so with mom, um, I'm living in California. My best friend in the whole world, Najee, is like, hey, sis, calls me up. Um, 
he got something from the Illinois Department of Health, like in something like a letter about something. And then on the top corner, it said, if you were adopted between da 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 and da da da, request your original birth certificate. Mm. So he calls me up and was like, Jenna, this law just passed in Illinois. And I'm in California at the time. So I moved back to Chicago. When I moved back, got all my paperwork together, didn't send the request out. Mm. Okay sitting on that so i'm back in chicago now for like six months rebuilding myself you know i got my master's in california i'm using air quotes because i didn't go to school i just did i just and you were doing got my master you were acting and acting directing teaching Mm -hmm. i'm telling you the bay area tons of opportunities so expensive so that's why i felt like master school for Mm -hmm. for math because like yeah I just I made a lot of money, but I came back like completely broke because um, the cost of living and all that. So whatever. I had all the paperwork together, sat there, right? Sat there. My car gets broken into. My bag got stolen with all the papers in it. At the time, I'm dating or I'm not dating. I'm seeing this beautiful, beautiful woman. Okay, first uh, homosexual kind of relationship. I was at her house when the car got broken into and I'm just sitting there with like the glass around me and I'm like, today's the day because it, they took all the papers. I spent mm. the whole day <laughs> get going and getting all the, the paper back, right? And I'm like, in order for me to commit to this relationship with you, I have to do this growth work for myself and, and do this work. So I'm going to send this out and I would like to start a partnership with you. I knew that I needed to like do that and open my heart in that kind of way by opening my heart in that kind of way, like with mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. with finding my birth mom. So it was all the serendipitous, like having that destruction mm. happen in my car, just like set me on this thing. She asked me to to be her girlfriend, and and something was holding me back, right? Yeah. And by something, I mean I was raised Catholic. Homosexuality is not open for my mother's side of the family. And da da da, so on and so forth. But pop's philosophy is like, hey. yeah, pop is cool with <laughs> it. Look, look, but we're yeah, Greek. <laughs> wait, we're great. We're we're literally great. And you know, there's a lot of shame and with homosexuality, like in my family, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not accepted. And so I was like, this had is that three epiphany. years ago, um, two and a half, three, yeah, two and yeah, a half, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was that moment. Was like. The destruction of the car, just glass broken everywhere. And I was like, I'm ready to date you, but I got to send this letter first. So I sent the letter, put it in the mailbox, and I was like, okay, let's be together. Like, let's do this. This and then, is like yeah. when the Oedipal Complex goes right. <laughs> <laughs> like, before I can be with you, I need to resolve this with my mom real quick. That's so hilarious. <laughs> Every once in a while. Because my mama's a black woman. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I need to heal this relationship with my black mom Literally. before I have a relationship with a black woman. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Wow. I want to. I want to go Again, deeper. Shout into out the Greeks. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> this is the most Greek shout outs I've ever been. <laughs> oh, oh, my. <laughs> yes. Yo, Saganaki on fleet. Oh man, the beauty of conversation. I would. I would never be shouting out Greek Greece. Otherwise, <laughs> got some good shit. Like, all right, I'm, I'm giving it up today. It's an excellent yeah. cuisine. This is a Greece safe week. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I fuck with the teramusalata. All right. Yo. Oh, this is so rich. That I can't even figure so out how, <laughs> how to ask the question, right? Because that's something I recognize as well. Is like I did not 
know you. I did not see you identifying as queer yeah. when I first met you. And then you mm-hmm. left and came back and it was so forefront. And I was like, oh, we probably just didn't know each other well enough yet. Or yeah. you was like in one situation and now, you you know, it, yeah. but that all of this happened in this, this sabbatical or this master's program. <laughs> um, and there's something about the breaking through of homophobia mm-hmm. and connecting with your full queer identity that then led to like an internal depth. Yes. Yeah, that's just fa- fascinating, the timing mm-hmm. of it. And sure. so yeah. how are those things just bouncing off each other? I, or I or even sure. what did it feel like to have these things break open for you? Oh my God. Like alignment. When you ask me like how I'm feeling or how's the world treating you yeah. and how yeah. you're treating it, alignment. Yeah. Like a zipper getting like put oh. into its place, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like the feeling that you get when puzzle pieces get put in and it's like, ah, mm. like it's like breath. It's like release. It's yeah. like smooth. Yeah. Yeah. How did it change you? Right. Cause there's mm-hmm. these obvious big identity pieces. Mm-hmm. Right. But like just day to day, you as a person, you're in, you're, sure. you are an energy shifter, yeah. but these are, are catac- personal cataclysms. Sure. Almost. We're not even cataclysms. Like, we're like, Rebirths. They are. They're yeah. rebirths indeed. <laughs> again, Black Lives Matter yeah, born yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. How did they change me? That feels like a before and after. Deal. Yeah, like if we, were, if we were to do like a before and after photo of your energy. Yeah. <laughs> what are the two, what are the colors, what do they look like? That's so interesting because I, I never thought about that because it was more so breaking through these steps that I knew to get to myself. At my core, I think I've always been all of these things. And so maybe the color has always been orange and it's just a more vibrant shade, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, cause I mean, like you were saying, like, and you came back, I came back and I feel like I was still Jenna. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I, I feel like it's just absolutely. more vibrant absolutely. and more, more aligned. That's all yeah. like, that's really all I can. I, think I guess, about. I guess the, the better way to ask the question is what does that new alignment provide you oh. that you could not access before. Okay, I love that. That new alignment provided me with a homosexual connection. <laughs> <laughs> Which are fantastic. <laughs> Seems like a great connection. <laughs> yeah, being with women is wonderful. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think we found something we can all agree on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know Sorry. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. women and making love to and with women. Whew! I mean that opens up my life every time it happens, yeah, right? Yeah. It's it's so <laughs> it's so beautiful, and so yeah, <laughs> Just open that, that part. Open that up. Yeah, that part. Great. <laughs> All right, let's get back to mom then. So <laughs> gla- <laughs> glass everywhere. <laughs> We're opening up. <laughs> We're hooing, and then we have the paperwork. Mm-hmm. We send the letter yes. on the day that a partnership forms. Yes. The letter, I imagine, gets received at some point. That's right. And Probably then, like six to eight business days. <laughs> literally. So the letter that I that it was received from me, and it's my original birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So it says their name. It says my birth time. So I got my moon now. Ooh. I'm like, ooh, now I know my moon, all you hoes. <laughs> and... <laughs> And <laughs> what's most important, which is most important, <laughs> where I was born, the address. Right. And so it was really cool that it's not far at all from my parents' house. Mm. They had no idea. West Side born, West mm. Side of Chicago. So then I gave it to Najee. I gave it to Kamari and was like, y'all do. They're both like amazing doers, doers. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like overloaded. I'm like, <laughs> here's the name, the old address. Go ahead. Go off. 
within. They were like Chloe on Twenty Four. What's Great pool. Yep. Like the person on the, on the database. No, but I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so that's what they did. So I sat there, and they were Great. both like on their computers, like. And then, like two hours later, hello. Wow. Did you give up a child for adoption? August thirtieth, nineteen eighty-eight. Like, sorry, I'm not interested. Right. Literally. Oh my god. Telemarketing call. Right. Um. Click. No, but it wasn't click. What was the response? Was, if you and as much as lit or as little no, as for sure, because like I mean, it all felt like a blur too, right? Yeah, there's so many things to ask yet nothing to ask. Yeah, <laughs> the first thing that she said, I'll never forget. I've been waiting for this moment. Oh, I've been wow. waiting for this. Mm. I've been waiting for this, and so that was so much assurance that yeah. I was just like everything else that like needs to be said doesn't really need to be <laughs> said, right? And like she's like, you know, I thought I've thought about you. Every single day of of her existence. Of your existence. Of my existence. Of her existence <laughs> since birthing me. Thank you. And um, I was like, wow, dang. I guess I didn't realize like how significant someone's energy can be without even like having a, mm. a, a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then I thought about it for me and I was like, well, shit, your energy's been here with me too. Like mm-hmm. I've dreamed of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not every day, I'll be honest, you know, mm-hmm. but often. Yeah. And, and, and so that mutual acceptance, right? Because from both positions, there can be, I imagine, so much fear of rejection. Or so much sure. assumption of like we've both rejected each other at this point, right? And absolutely. So the alignment I hear of like mm-hmm. mutual acceptance. Yeah, we were both there, <laughs> and so we talked about. I don't even know. I don't even know what I asked her. Right? I don't. I don't remember. We talked, and it felt good. It was really cute. So, so that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we've gone through this saga, this three four years of, of mm-hmm. rebirth or transformation. Yes. And then you come back into stomping grounds. Yeah. And you do all of this work. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you we should say a little bit of what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the, the, what, what the things the, you do, the doing. teaching work, I'm like you know, the space making work with, with Open TV. Um, you know, work at, with Breathing Room and, and and us as a part of the Let Us Breathe Collective. You also have like a talk show that you film. Yeah. Which so, is what I thought we would talk more about. We got to. <laughs> I have a talk show coming out called Craft Service. And it launched exclusively for this partnership program that I built with Open Television and Sundance Film Festival. So we did an exclusive premiere with that um, this summer. And I'm launching it in its full form in 2020. Um, My first guest was Hannibal Burris. We do a lot of sketch comedy. Cool. We laugh and we sing and we rap and we talk and it's really cute and very funny the whole show is created um for folks to get recipes and spells on how to create a certain thing so this Hmm. theme was growth yeah so there's recipes for growth and change making cool so kind of like a, a cook show but for life Yep. That's exactly. so cool. That's a very cool concept. Absolutely That's that. a great format. And yeah. thank you. It's yeah, yeah. very similar to, um, if you could think of like a Random Acts of Flyness yeah. style. So a lot of avant-garde, um, dark like feelings. Because I'm a spooky girl. Like We've established <laughs> you got some spook. I have a spook. So I, I really get, I love um And you're not sitting in. far from the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. It's just such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Spooky Set by the, the Door. Just a, no, Spooky Set by the Door. It's just a good movie. It reminds me of the door from The Shining, even though it's not the same color for some reason. Like the red rum and just the shape. Um, mm. But 
So yeah. you have the new show. So it's going to come out next year. What is your role at Open TV? Just so we get it on. Yeah, the I'm head of community. Glad we defined that. <laughs> uh, and I know you've done a whole bunch of sketch and performance mm-hmm. and various other capacities. The one, like, quote, credit I wanted to make sure we talked about, oh. you're in one of the, like, strangest, most wonderful movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Which is Sorry to Bother You. Yes. For those of you who haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, you got to go see this movie. You it really is, like, should. one, it's amazing and entertaining to watch. Yeah. Two, the whole time I was like, how did this movie get made? Do you want me to talk about this? I can talk about this movie. I don't know. Do y'all have time? Yeah. Okay, I got a quick story. Okay, so I was working in Oakland. I was living in Oakland. And there's a festival called Living Your Life to the Fullest. I may be bashing that, but like Living Your Life to the Fullest. I was working with a group of young women identified folks who are victims of human trafficking. We were creating performing arts pieces, Mm. uplifting their voices from that experience, okay? So we did some a devised theater piece. We opened up for Boots Riley. Boots Riley is a lead singer of a band called The Coop. The Coop. An amazing, radical, fun, beautiful, black power band. One of the first three songs I ever bought on iTunes is by them. Oh my God, that's... It's called My Favorite Mutiny. <sighs> it's a great song. I'll put it in Yo. to end the show. Yes. Okay, so you're already on it. I was not. This is cool enough. So I, I I had an opportunity to meet Boots then. And then a year goes by. I'm living in Oakland. And I'm outside of a bar. And I see Lakeith. Mm, Lakeith Stanfield. Get Out just came out. Me and him are having this fantastic conversation about their role in the movie. You are one of the few people who is comfortable and can do that well. See somebody oh, recognizable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And somehow have like a real actual interaction. Yes. Thanks for seeing that. Because that celebrity and interactions for me, are I, I, I can meet everyone at a human level. And so, yeah, it doesn't really phase me too much. Um, so, yeah, Hannibal and I, we've known each other for years and it's always been chill. Right. And so, like, yeah, with Lakeith, like we established like a, a friendship at that moment. And then he's like, I'm working on this movie. And I'm like, oh, is that right? And then the next day I got information from my agent about this. And I'm like, I bet. Because they they said the description, and I'm like, I bet. So I saw him on set, you know, Uh, the next next week. It was just like, wow, this is so cool. And so it was great being in space with them. And the whole energy, I'll tell you, Boots did a wonderful job of activating every activist in Oakland that I had met in those two years I was living there were there, right? Mm. The whole set and everyone that you see, like, in the um, protests were people who were actually doing this work mm. right yeah and so it wasn't some like pepsi commercial type no <laughs> we were doing ciphers during breaks like we were having organ organizational meetings <laughs> i thought you were about to say we were having orgasms <laughs> we were having orgasms i mean i did i did that um a lot um yeah i mean <laughs> yeah i mean tessa too tessa thompson was um an amazing person and I had a great time and I had a beautiful interaction with her and so I just wanted to share that with you that Boots really cultivated yeah. this really rich experience and it was the first time that I was like look at here we can make media the way that we want to yeah. and then I came back to Chicago talked to Amar about these ideas and concepts that well, we're from, having uh, Open TV sure absolutely well, yes yeah. from Open TV and who is in love with you guys. I know you already oh, know because they show you so much oh, love. No, but it is a mutual adoration. <laughs> they literally, and so we'll talk off air, but <laughs> we got business we're going to, we have business yeah, yeah, to talk yeah. about. But <laughs> I, I was like, because 
in those two years in California, I was also doing a bunch of movies. I had been in yeah, like yeah. 15 commercials. I'm doing all these um, training videos for Facebook and Google. And I'm making cash. But I'm like, man, all y'all are backwards. Like, this yeah. is all really yeah. strange. Yeah. And so then doing Sorry to Bother You was like, it can happen. I saw it. Yeah. Boots open that. So yeah. What, what else? Story. What else felt different about that set beyond just who was there? What are some of the other ways that, whether it was power dynamics or was just the, the convention organized in any type of unique way? <sighs> power dynamics. Boots Riley is the most accessible, beautiful, considerate person. And so there was no othering. There were no levels. Again, why conversations with Tessa and Lakeith were very natural on set because there wasn't this vibe of like, oh, hierarchy. And the, right. Yeah. These superstars. And they are superstars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he picked the superstars who are. Also, beautiful humanitarians, yeah. and it really showed on screen and yeah. during the work. We need, I think, a Lakeith Stanfield appreciation moment. He's had one of the most amazing, amazing runs, yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's the last it. four he's years. Doing it. Just he's doing it's it. one incredible yeah. thing, and he's so likable. <laughs> and and I mean, I mean, gosh, y'all would have a great time with him because philosophizing with that dude, oh, yeah. you could. I mean, all I wanted yeah. to talk about was Atlanta. I know Get Out came, yeah, just yeah, came yeah. out, no, no. but all I wanted to do is talk about his character. And he was like, Jenna, I tell you what. I strive to be that every day. Yeah. <laughs> like I that's strive to be that. What dude a great every character day, to like strive to. You know, because people are often like, "Oh, that's him," and yeah. he's like, "Well, that's my what? aspiration, right?" Like, yeah. right? And I'm like, "Yeah, you, that character, man." I like yeah. almost get teary eyed thinking yeah. about the beauty of 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 that yeah. character. It on is. Show. It is. <sighs> Quick Boots Riley fun fact: Do you know who one of Boots Riley's babysitters was? No, who? I do. Barbara Ransby. Barbara Ransby, babysitter Boots Riley. Of Boots Riley's dad is like an uh -huh. old school radical. Yeah. Like, yeah. Been doing it mm -hmm. like 50, 60 years. And Boots' dad was on set. The, uh, the, adorable. He was one of the, That's one of the protesters and was adorable yeah. and super sweet and just. You could just see and the a, joy just watching his, and a his ham, child. Too, just take oh <laughs> just sit her on the sit her on the stage. Literally, it here's was a, cor so much fun. a correlative babysitting fun fact. This no. is our third babysitter reference of the episode. But is it? oh no, I mentioned yeah, yeah, but that's not the point. <laughs> so the song that I mentioned, knowing by them, I believe mm -hmm. features Talib Kweli, who he was babysat as a kid by family friends of mine. This is a project. This is a separate wow. podcast. The Babysitter, like the babysitter Tree. The Babysitter's Club. That's Fred, what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. Fred Hampton's mother babysat Emmett Till. Right? What? So Fred Hampton grew up with Emmett Till. So then that oh. happens. And then 10 oh, years later, he becomes Fred Hampton, right? Just like, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the like, connectedness. What? Right. That's oh. just the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Shout out to babysitting. Shout out to babysitting. Shout out to, to babysitting. And shout Fred Hampton to, and Emmett Till. And shout to out to like, Because yeah. that's community work yeah. is Taking babysitting, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like the, the age-old community. Collective nurturing. Collective, that's it. Like, yeah. that's how it started. Yeah, just looking after the kid. Have you done any babysitting or been babysat in any type oh of gosh. cool, fun ways? Let me tell you something. This weekend, I, I, I talked to a shaman uh priestess of the yoruba um religion and she was like okay i know you don't have a child somehow she knew that but she's like i just see all the mother in you mm -hmm. she's just like mother 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 i've just been having a lot of mother energy this weekend i, yeah, I won't I mean, go into all the stories but so many <laughs> um i was a teacher right, right i mean right, right. so i 
during my undergrad, I taught um, theater, and then I've I've been working in schools for like ten years. Yeah. yeah, this was like the first year that I wasn't working in schools, but still have done so many programs with youth because being around children, uplifting young people, is at my heart and my core, like hands down. Yeah, probably your primary focus, I would say. Yeah, journeys with Jenna, primary focus for sure. Describe that. Yes. So the whole idea. If you and, want to. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> was that too commanding? Even no. your manners. <laughs> well, well, I did say I was open to talk about everything. So we'll put it in the bucket of yes and. Um, Journeys with Jenna started as an organization to bring people out into the world. And by people, I mean young. And by young, I mean femme identified people living life. Right. So I worked as a counselor in school. And then when they would graduate, then our relationship ended, but that didn't make sense for me. So I wanted to provide a space where we can like explore, go to a rock concert, be in a mosh pit, and then just talk about it. Right. Like, so for school without structures, right. Learning and knowing that like, I'm here for you and you're learning. And then we just talk about it. So that's what journeys with Jenna has always been. And will always will be like the focus is like doing that holding space for youth it started with femme um, and and now it's it's open to all young people just experiencing the world and having someone that they can trust yeah someone that they know is not going to shame them yeah mm. so is there like a cohort of and to people? not experiencing life yeah um yeah. it's me right now and uh another person but i mean uh, for Kamari. the young, for the young people participate is it like yeah. been the same people through that you know they've been added um, I, I won't say I've ever like lost any, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just getting, getting bigger and, and bigger and bigger. Mm. What sometimes gets labeled like mentorship is what it sounds yeah. like, like just creating opportunities for experiential learning. Yep. That's it. That's Very it. Cool. Plain and simple. Cool. And then like that is developed into, I do social and emotional consulting work as well through like my journeys with Jenna organization. And that looks like, you know, keeping young people and young generations at the forefront of people's understanding in life, right? Which is really just future-based thinking. That's all Mm -hmm. that is. Because if we're listening to children and we're listening to the most marginalized voices, in turn, everybody's benefiting. Everybody wins. And so, yeah, it's also developed into that too. What do you mean by emotional consultancy? Yeah. So it's really um, going into spaces and working with people meeting them and setting up like agreements, right? Mm -hmm. So like agreements in which people can speak their truth Mm -hmm. and providing the language and holding space for a a particular community or a particular cohort to really dive into what people might need to feel brave Mm. in spaces Mm -hmm. and so rather than saying the space is right it's like this is what you need for people to be to feel brave yeah absolutely Mm. right because just saying that doesn't really doesn't really mean too much yeah that work right that emotional consultancy Mm -hmm. what do you imagine is the possibility or the future when that is done in a bunch of interconnected spaces the elimination of shame Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And people living truer to their divinity and uh, people connecting to each other more because all these layers of of shame can be eliminated and people then in turn don't feel this othered and then go into these dark places that we've seen that I will not get into, but we see what, what, where. Can oppression survive without shame? That's a leading question. I want to say no, but like, is it a necessity? 
Like, do you have to have shame in the harmed subject in order for it to sustain? I think so. <laughs> I personally do. Well, and I think so much from the, like, oppressor side, is it's a projection of your shame, right? Right. It also it's comes like, from shame. Yeah. It's a reproduction of it. Right. right. And a transference. Right. So, yeah. Mm, that was deep. Mm-hmm. We just got to some ill shit. That oh, was, yeah. That was cool. Uh, yeah. I want to remember that we said that. Listeners, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. It was worth it. <laughs> All right. For the sake of time, because we can flow yes. throughout. Let's wrap. We want to do a closeout okay. and then play a game. Oh, I love that. So good? check out is uh, word, theme, phrase, thought mm-hmm. um, of either how you're feeling, reflections of the conversation, mm-hmm. any threads that are like left hanging that we didn't sure. get to, you know. I feel like honestly every thread was like perfectly tied, um, if I could be quite honest with how I'm feeling about Thank that. Thank you for being quite honest. Yeah, <laughs> you're quite welcome. We appreciate the I'm like honesty. literally, I'm like everything just, wow, we really wrapped up my life. Can we, <laughs> like, cool. Like, and, um, the thing that I, I would, that I'm, that I'm feeling at the moment is just like immense gratitude, like. Oh. I'm just Hello. very grateful to have space where I can share. I feel very comfortable with the both of you. And storytelling, I'm I'm realizing, Damon, you talked about it earlier, the power of sharing my story and what doors that that might open for other people. Like, I'm so here for that. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, there was a lot of shame, you know, surrounding everything that I shared with you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't exist for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so happy to, mm-hmm. uh, it just doesn't exist. And I'm so happy that there's this yeah. recording because I realize I do all of these things, but you know, I share them with my, with my youth, like yeah. with, and, and I've, I've all my youth know my whole journey, mm-hmm. everything, um, especially like journeys through um, dating women and if I'm identified folk, um, because we've had, a, there have been circles with young people where they were like, Jenna, I'm going to come out to my, my grandma tomorrow. I'm like, okay, if you do it, like, I'm going to tell my mom on Christmas, like, this beautiful, like, intergenerational yeah. healing mm-hmm. of, like, this, you know, grown woman, I'm using air quotes, and this young woman, like, and we're both in this moment of, like, yeah. you know, finding our truth and standing firm in that and telling people that we love who we are. So I say all that to say that I'm really grateful that I was able to share this with you. So thank you. Mm, Thank you. My checkout is actually another question. Oh, sure. (laughs) That that just made me think of. So I think sometimes there's like this narrative that like people who act are doing it because they're trying to escape themselves. Mm. In this process of coming more and more to terms with yourself and Mm -hmm. and that shame melting away or being stripped away, Mm -hmm. has it made you want to act less? Oh, I love that. That's a great question. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm so glad you threw that in the chat. I'm out. so happy. When <laughs> I was a kid and when I was performing, that's what it was. Yeah. It's like Big for this time. set time in this construct, I can be somebody else. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was so brilliant at it. <laughs> I mean, I shined. Like, you couldn't take me off of the stage. Rehearsals, like, I was in it. That's what it was for me um, growing up. And then it very quickly, as soon as I had that epiphany after graduating with the acting degree, yeah. then then like having that year and a half of like being in this depression of like, man, I'm going through core with this, you know, f- misdemeanor battery. And then working and creating Let Us Breathe Collective and, 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 and being a part of the Black Lives Matter moment, 
I only want to act in revolutionary acting pieces. So before you could put me in Shakespeare, you could put me in whatever. I will find the character. I will develop the role. Now I'm only performing radical revolutionary acts of work. Craft in service. Correct. Craft service is my (laughs) job. Literally. Thank you for that. Um, So I will say that, no, I, I mean, performing is is me. It will always be me. My my structure and boundaries within that have changed dramatically. That's really cool. Yes. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you that you got that question off at checkout. I think I have I think I have to I have to question ask. <laughs> Do whatever it feels right. <laughs> we can't that that's such I, I wish that was a, a deeper theme. I think the feel of performativeness, right? Mm-hmm. And I think movement work attracts a certain type of performance. And so my question as someone who's been transformed, one around like protection, because I think there's a there's a hyper vulnerability, whether it's on stage or just like in a room. Mm-hmm. And then also like a a distant, not inauthentic, but like a, a precarious relationship to like authentic self. Sure. And so let's make that into a question around like protection and authenticity. How has, not just for you, but I think community of like, performing people people that may be considered oh. dramatic mm-hmm. high energy yeah hyper performative has your journey in this like rebirth made you think about how folks protect that energy or also feel comfortable just being authentic even if that's not vibrant all the time yeah and i'm um, curious what your answer to that question is. Ooh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna work on it okay there's a quote that um has been my mantra for the last few weeks happiness is not my goal it's a true life So that means embracing every part of myself. So even in my moments of not feeling happiness, I am still aligned with with myself and I'm feeling joy and it's still joyous within that. And recognizing the performance does so much more harm than it does healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've been asking (laughs) lovers, partners and friends like who if I'm going through something or doing all the things to like fix it, like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, whatever they may be, I'm not even going to speculate. I say, let me sit with this. Give me these moments to be with this feeling. And it's been received so well because then it's like that step back. And I let those emotions come over me as opposed to trying to fix it, Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to, you know, be the person who always does the correction. Or jump into someone else's body character wise right or person wise even literally or just do everything for everyone around me yeah but myself yeah yeah, yeah. and so that's where i'm at with it Mm -hmm. 100 percent. i feel always aligned i feel so divine but that doesn't always mean that like it's vibrance and joy Mm -hmm. and that's something that i'm that's been a very recent um discovery and where i'm journeying right now Mm -hmm. is like Mm -hmm. really showing up for myself 100% of the time, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of those little, like, America fucked us up ways of, like, this idea of, like, pursuing happiness. It's so stupid. (laughs) Like, that's not the goal, right? Like you said, it's a pursuit of a full life. Full life. And fulfillment in that way. Right. Whatever that looks like. You can answer it if you want to. Yeah, I'm I'm going to try. So something I found is I find myself exhausted in hyper-performative spaces as someone who has always been had like a performative capacity or like public performative life Mm -hmm. and so i recognize that that must have been triggering something right because the things Mm -hmm. that affect you or or like tear at you the most is usually 
a reflection or some type of transference of the mm-hmm. things that's inside. Uh, so it's, it's made me question, particularly as I found myself politically grounded, uh, around the performance of leader, I think is something that I really have mm-hmm. like let go of, of, you know, black people who have overcome their blackness, right? And like, ha- you know, air quote from earlier, the yeah, conversation, yeah. who then have a certain capacity or privilege or whatever are then expected to be the example, the front-facing voice. Um, and then in that, having things figured out. You are the decision maker. You are the accountability person. And so therefore, you're always present. You always got it going on. <laughs> and you supposedly know what's best for yeah. all of the people who look yeah. like you. It's yeah. like, what? You're kind of like the teacher of an undefined classroom. And so like Ooh. every day, you have to show up with the assignment. Every day, you and have to the be, test is rigged. Yes. <laughs> every day, you have to grade right. it. And you're expected to know all the answers. And so like letting that go, letting the, I'm <laughs> able to show up all the time. And then I think... So I I was never a fan of like eliteness in the political economy. Like, oh, I got this big institutional position or this big house. But I Mm -hmm. was very much on like the social cultural elite. Like, look how fresh this outfit is. Look how clever I am in conversation. Mm. Look how funny I am. You know, look at this rapping that I can do. I can do this better than people. And so like having to be fly, having to have my appearance a certain type of way or I'd be bummy as hell now. Um, oh, we know. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere, or I'm oh, seeing yeah. the same people. So, like, who right. is this performance for? I, I definitely wrestle with it. I'm doing this to come off as dominant or superior, but in a passive way, right? Like, I'm not going to dominate you physically or verbally, but you might sartorially. The, yeah, the way I show up mm. is, is something that deserves more light. Letting mm. go of a lot of that, cool, and and stepping out of the light. You know, the light is hot, and so finding the shade of darkness. Shadow work, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them shadows. So that, that I think that's, <laughs> that's some of my answers. I'm, I'm gonna work through that more though. That's a good. That's it's beautiful. A good yeah. All right, my checkout is. I really loved one. Definitely the piece on shame. It's in the space agreements as a harmful system, mm-hmm. but almost as a separate one. But connecting it as a through thread more explicitly mm-hmm. as a tactic and a tool and a, and a necessary factor of oppressive violence and dominance is something I'll, I'm th- going to think more about. And then the idea of BLM rebirth, I think, is is really like valid because it's happened for a lot of people. I, I don't think many will be as comfortable expressing it as you are because you've always had this relationship to identity and blackness that like mm-hmm. you're always in transformation mm-hmm. that I think you have a, a more set in consciousness about this rebirth time that we've been experiencing. Um, And so I would like to hear more people talk about their rebirth of these last five years. Hmm. Uh, Because now, if that same thing had happened and you were in the car and there were people watching, just the room, the block, no matter matter the racial dynamics, would have had a different lens of this black woman in this seat, in this back seat, and this white woman over here getting the ice pack. Regardless of whatever, we have changed the world in that way. 100%. Um, Hmm. And so hearing more people's personal journey and family history and family ups and downs connected to that is, is I think, really exciting. We do tend to love an adoption reunion story on Ergo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so thanks for bringing that This has happened before? Binky was, I think, the Yeah, Binky brought some, some good stuff. I, I don't mean to. I love Binky so much. <laughs> That's my... Yeah, yeah y'all are yep. peas in a pod. Oh, yeah. All right, let's... Uh, <laughs> let's play the game? Okay. We, we, have we talked about stepping out of the All light. Right. Let's turn the spotlight back on the timeline. That sentence made no sense, but it will in a second. Okay. We play this game here on Ergo. Okay. We believe in beef as a tool of accountability. Yum. (laughs) We are pretty expansive in what we mean by beef, and we are pretty expansive in who we are starting beef with. Nice. We are inviting you on this day to start beef with the 20th century. 
Y'all, listen up. So any person, location, any event, any theme, any policy, beef with the 20th century, any creation, R&B singers are included. Listen up. Go. Two thousand zero zero party mm. over. It's out of time. Yep, so that's a different the end game. of it. Yeah, party's over. My Jeep is from nineteen ninety nine. Do you have I beef got with be- it? <laughs> <laughs> it's an <a> exhaust pipe <laughs> rusted off yesterday. <laughs> I'm trying to do it on the exhaust. Some good. That's some good beef. <laughs> so um, yeah, I gotta get that fixed. Um, oh, okay. What beef did I do? I have then. Um, Some historical beef. Beanie Babies. Um, huh. Those palms, I just, you know. In the little Beanie Baby thing? In the little heart. Yeah. Just like. You're I don't anti know, those I just, palms. You know, I just wish someone would have given a little more time. Like, I wanted to know a little bit more. Too kitschy. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to know more. You wish that the Let's Beanie Baby poem writer's pen game had been stronger? Is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Yeah. I would have liked, I would have liked a little more background. Take your audience more seriously. Yeah. 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 Kids have depth. They do. And, you know, it was fun to, like, create worlds for my Beanie Babies. However, I would have just liked a little bit more. A little more content. Be more. more transparent. Yep. The lack of transparency in Beanie Babies. No one else is going to have that beef. Excellent. I congratulate you. Thank, Thank you. For bringing that to the table. Because it wasn't even a diss of Beanie Babies. No. Right? It was like they're ugly. It was from a place of love, which have always been our best beefs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. We got to go. How can folks find you and your work in the ways you want to be found? Thank you so much for giving me that. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Journeys with Jenna. You can find me on the interwebs on journeyswithjenna.com. You can find me in the streets and um, you can find me in your dreams. Ooh, any OTV things? Going off? Um, Well, I, I am going to South Africa for two months. Two weeks out of those two months will be doing a 48-hour film festival called Brave Futures Film Race. And uh, we're working in conjunction with Afropunk. So you can check out Afropunk's website, um, which I don't know. I'm sure it's afropunk.com. <laughs> you would and, then, uh, <laughs> and then we are TV is uh, our Instagram. And so you can kind of follow the journey there. Cool. We're at Ergo Radio. And I'm Damon underscore AF. I'm at Ergo Kiss. And we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and creative. Much love to the people. Peace. This episode of Ergo is sponsored by Backblaze. Get unlimited computer backup for Macs or PCs for just six bucks a month. Backup your docs, music, photos, videos, drawing, podcasts, projects, all your data. Restore files anywhere you have internet. Even if you're off the grid, they can overnight a hard drive to you with your backup on it. Over 40 billion files restored. That's a lot of files. Get yourself a free, fully featured trial at backblaze.com slash cpc. Make sure you visit backblaze.com slash cpc so they know where you came from and continue to support us here at Ergo. Go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today.